NPR. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Waylon Wong. And I'm Paddy Hirsch. The global economic downturn is wreaking havoc in almost every industrial sector. Now, that might sound bad, but in business, turmoil and volatility can mean opportunity. And when someone loses, someone else usually ends up winning. And perhaps no other industry is showcasing this dynamic right now more than shipping. Over the last six months, the cost to fill and transport a shipping container has dropped roughly 80%. 80%? That's a big price drop that's killing container shipping companies. But it is great news for companies who need to get those goods shipped because they're looking at an 80% discount. And because we, the consumer, are the ones buying those goods, that discount should be great for us too, right? Yeah, maybe. On today's show, we're going to look at the great turnaround in shipping, why it's happening, what it means for the container ship industry, and how the American consumer might, just might, benefit. That's coming up after the break. This message comes from NPR sponsor Arctic Wolf. Their researchers have released the Arctic Wolf Lab's 2024 threat report, Why will 2024 be a volatile year for cybersecurity? Learn more and get your copy now at arcticwolf.com slash NPR. Support for NPR comes from ADP. Say you're in HR and a solar flare adds an extra hour to each day. How would this impact business? ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to help your business take on the next anything. ADP, always designing for people. We are a globally interconnected economy, and so much of the stuff that we buy is made in other countries, often oceans away. Now, you might think that because of this, the container ship companies that transport all that stuff would be extraordinarily profitable. Well, Emily Stauss-Ball says that hasn't always been the case. She's an analyst at Zanita, where she covers ocean shipping carriers. For many years, in, in you know the decades up to 2019, 2020, they were earning very little money. They were really struggling to get uh, freight rates up above their break-even levels. It was a real contrast to the shipping boom of the early 2000s. This is when carriers were big beneficiaries of the increase in global trade due to China's expansion. Yeah, and that boom was followed by the financial crisis of 2008, of course, and a downturn so severe that many carriers went bust and either folded or were bought out by competitors. But then came the pandemic, which Emily says really turned things around for carriers. We had a huge increase in in demand for containerized goods typically from Asia into the U.S., because of these stimulus packages, certainly, and because people were at home, right? I think we were all buying more goods at home to make our home offices or gyms or whatever. Demand for containers and the ships to put them on skyrocketed, as did the amount that carriers were able to charge. Some people wonder whether all that consolidation during the Great Recession allowed carriers to collude and push prices higher. Because higher they did go. At the end of 2019, it cost less than $2,000 to rent a large size container to get from China to Los Angeles. 18 months later, carriers were billing 10 times that amount. Ooh. 10 times. Emily says the industry had never seen anything like it. Last year and in 2021, the shipping companies made more than some of those really big tech companies. And it was just completely unheard of. All of this good news for the carriers was, of course, terrible news for everyone else, like the retailers who were renting these containers, also known in the industry as shippers. And these shippers had a number of options. They could eat the increased costs themselves, or they could find a way around them. 
Yeah, Amazon, for example, even pre-pandemic, began making its own containers and chartering its own ships to cut shipping costs. That turned out to be a really smart call after their costs doubled during COVID. But of course, most retailers don't have the kind of money or muscle that Amazon has. So they resorted to option three. They passed the costs on to the consumer. And boy, did we feel it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, we did. Today, however, everything has changed, and retailers who want to ship goods have the upper hand over the carriers. Yeah, today we're importing a lot less of the things that we bought during the pandemic. Throw in the knock-on effects of the war in Ukraine and the resulting economic slowdown, and suddenly there's a lot less demand for containers and the ships that carry them. Shippers have gone from being unable to get their carriers on the end of the phone and say, hey, I need to talk to you, to suddenly all the carriers are calling them and saying, hey, do you have any, any containers for me that I can move? If you're a shipper who wants to rent a large size container and you called a carrier today, you'd only have to pay about two grand. That's back to 2019 prices, a tenth of what a carrier would have charged a year and a half ago. Yeah, and carriers aren't just under pricing pressure right now. There's huge overcapacity in the system as demand has dropped away and it's about to get worse. That's because when times were good, carriers made a rash call. They appeared to believe that the good times were never going to end and they commissioned a whole bunch of new vessels. They started ordering big time in Q4 2020, which was when rates started to move up. And and those ships take two or three years to deliver. So they're coming now and they're coming next year. And that's just totally going to to ruin those market fundamentals and really make it hard for for carriers to to earn money. And that's again where... Aha, the bullwhip effect. This is when a small error in assessing consumer demand is amplified through the supply chain. Was that a small error ordering all those ships? It's like a container ship-sized error. Indeed. (laughs) Either way, it's great news for retailers who could see transportation prices fall even further as all of that capacity comes online. It's presumably great news for consumers who will uh, no doubt see the benefits of these cost cuts and lower prices of goods very soon. Right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) From your mouth to God's ears, Waylon. (laughs) Someone's ears. Someone with more power than God. A corporation. (laughs) A corporation, yeah. Well, we'd be well advised not to hold our breath for lower prices, not least because the carriers are doing everything that they can to keep freight rates up. Emily says they're cancelling sailings and they're scrapping older ships, all in a bid to reduce the overcapacity in the market. We have uh, a market with, with few carriers that really have the, the control of the market and have these alliances set up. Are they going to fight for market share by really going into a full price war? Or are they going to take it a little bit softer and and match capacity reductions across the board so they kind of all agree? Carriers need to do everything they can to even out the supply-demand imbalance in the market before the spring. That's when many of the longer-term shipper-carrier contracts are struck. Yeah, if there's still too much supply, some shippers might decide not to write contracts or agree to shorter-term deals. Factor in higher fuel costs, and you can see that it's going to be a tense time for container ship carriers. But, Emily says, we shouldn't be too concerned about them. I don't think we should underestimate how much money they've made in the past two years. And that can see them through a lot. Yes, Emily said earlier that carriers did as well or better than some big tech firms during the pandemic. Well, maybe not as well as Apple or Microsoft. But the biggest carrier, Maersk, racked up $61 billion in revenue in 2021, a 55% increase compared to the previous year. That's more revenue than either Cisco or Oracle. And these carriers are kind of used to dealing with rough economic seas. Shipping has always been a boom and bust business, but it was the sheer scale of the pandemic boom and the bust that we're in now that took everyone by surprise. And that, of course, includes regulators, 
who allowed all of that consolidation in the industry after the financial crisis, figuring that it benefited the consumer. Emily says that now that the seafoam is settling, those regulators are going to be looking afresh at the shipping industry to ask how it was that prices went so high so quickly during the pandemic, and maybe to see how we can try to stop that happening the next time. This episode was produced by Corey Bridges with engineering by Josh Newell. Sarah Juarez and Dylan Sloan checked the facts. Viet Lazer senior producer, Kate Kincannon edits the show, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, American Express. Take your business further with the smart and flexible Amex Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits that help unlock more value from your business purchases. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Charles Schwab, with its original podcast, On Investing. Each week, you'll get thoughtful, in-depth analysis of both the stock and the bond markets. Listen today and subscribe at schwab.com slash oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.